We're here with Nick, and we're about to do a science trick. <laughs> Alright, so this is elephant's toothpaste or elephant toothpaste. It's a very classic science reaction, and I want you guys to experience it, because I feel like science ex experience is like uh -huh. way more... Way cooler than just, watching. Yeah. What is elephant toothpaste? Who came up with it? So I actually don't know who actually invented it, um, but it's a really, it's kind of simple. Um, but I, we should actually do it first and then I'll explain what happened after okay. we actually do it. Mm, okay. yeah, but like I'm going to go through each of the chemicals as I'm pouring and stuff and so this will give you kind of an understanding of like what's what. Um, Alright, so real quick, this is hydrogen peroxide. This is like the most dangerous thing in this whole thing. Like, oh, man. Um, this is like, does a really good job at like, not getting rid of, but like doing a really good job at um, cleaning things that were once alive. Like mm. meat. Dead bodies. Oh, they use that to clean meat for real? Yeah, so like what? butchers, like butchers and like you know, like anywhere where they like carve meat uh -huh. and then there's like, you know, a lot of like biological sort of stuff. Uh -huh. Um that's really like are, are they cleaning oh, like, tools or yeah, are they cleaning tools. the meat? Uh, mostly floors. Ah, okay, okay. Got yeah, it, so it. like if you have like a slaughterhouse or whatever, like you Dude, just, I was like, imagining somebody just scrubbing like a steak with a toothbrush and hydrogen <laughs> peroxide, like... Oh, you would foam for sure. Yeah. Dude, would yeah, these no, take no. like prints off of a gun easily? Uh, <laughs> asking for a friend. So we're gonna put a thousand milliliters in here. When the reaction happens, which direction do we run? Um... That's a great question. Whichever way it's not going. Okay. So the next uh, ingredient here is we're gonna put two um, tablespoons of uh, clear soap okay. in here. Right. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do one, and then... This is absolutely two. critical for the chemical reaction? Correct. Definitely Does the foaminess come from the soap? That is, yes, uh -oh. yes. I'm getting nervous. Right. Should I shake this one? Yeah. Don't you feel very scientific when you yes, do that? Yes, I You're feel like, so smart right now. I am here with my uh, thesis. I feel like I, feel like I graduated of... college. <laughs> so we're gonna put um, a color in there. Oh, nice. So the dye is just like whatever. Um, so we have blue. Let's do blue. Okay, because okay, we'll it's rare. It is super rare. You're right. We're paying attention. Yes. All right. So we're, like, you don't need to put a ton in there, but we can put however much we want. There's no. Doesn't necessarily affect the result per se. Mm. All right, now the key ingredient here, truthfully, is the catalyst. Today we're gonna to be using what's called potassium iodide. Mm -hmm. Now it's dissolved in water, but it's what's called at molar. What that means is like, it's, it's the most you can possibly dissolve in it. Like no more can dissolve in it. Mm -hmm. It oxidizes over time, so it kind of looks this like funky kerosene gas urine color. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's, um, it's the same whether if you dissolve it now or later or whatever. If your urine is this color, drink some water. Seek help. Stop eating asparagus. I'm gonna pour two in here, right? Uh -huh. It's about 140 milliliters worth of potassium iodide. Uh -huh. Now, what you guys are going to do is that you're going to dump as much of this in there uh -huh. as possible before it reaches the top. Okay. Of there. Now I'm telling well, you, it, it goes, goes fast. It can go pretty quick. Okay. Um, Sometimes it doesn't, depending on temperature and other variables, but like it, it should go pretty quick. So I would do it right-handed if you're right-handed or left-handed or whatever. And then I'm gonna go three, two, one, and I'm gonna say pour, and you're gonna pour as much as you possibly can in there. Okay. Now, I will give you a like, precaution here. Uh -huh. If you're holding the cup like this, uh -huh. and it's coming it's out and it hits out. the cup, it's basically just gonna use that as like a, like a ricochet device and like... Start okay, spraying okay. you, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so keep your mouth closed. Please. Yeah, so that's kind of that. And if I need to mix some more of this, I will. But I think we you should. You can just make here. this on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I already I, brought the, the, I, the solid. I have the crystalline form, which is potassium iodide. 
crystalline. So that's that should be. Don't miss. I'm not gonna miss. Oh wow! Look at that. I think we have exactly enough, guys. This is perfect. Wow. That's so. It was meant to be. It really was. Until you just spill it everywhere. All right. So here we go. All right. I'm Nick Juhas, the science guy. And in three, two, one. Oh. Oh, we didn't say it. We didn't say it. who is a professional rollerblader, reality TV star, and social media scientist, and we're about to go under the influence. Welcome. So, welcome, Nick, thank you for coming. Well, we just did a cool experiment with Nick. I think your signature move, basically, right? Yeah, so far, I, and it's really interesting how that came about, by the way. Mm -hmm. So like, science guys have like a lot of tricks up their sleeves. Like, in a weird way, I feel like demonstrable science is kind of a lot like being a magician. You know, I like- totally fucking agree. You're like, you have all this like stuff and all these tricks and you're like, yo. So like you kind of shape the tricks and you kind of do your own thing so that you stand out, right? Like not every magician does literally all the same stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're known for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think as of late, right? Um, we really got into elephant toothpaste because we just really started going really large with amplitude. And so I think that's what really made all the waves as far as, you know, and all the, you know, TikTok and YouTube. But like, that's not the only thing that we've ever done. It's just that I think that's what we're most known for now, for sure. It's probably what like broke you to that like wider audience. Dude, so 100% because before this, right, I was I was doing okay on TikTok, right? We got it to like 3 million or so. When we did 3 that, million is okay to you? Yeah. This man. <laughs> I'm struggling hey, he's at, on a different level. <laughs> I'm right? struggling at 50,000. So, but hey, I got in really early. Okay. So like the first video that I, that I did that got like 37 million views was me sticking a spear through a giant bag of water. Okay. <laughs> So just to put things into perspective, all right? Like things were easier earlier on in the app because like there wasn't a lot of content creators. You tried was, to be a spare wa water bag guy, it wasn't working. Was, <laughs> wait, was that for um that term where the stream like looks like it's just one thing? So that's called laminar flow. Yes. And like it, laminar flow does happen with this as like a byproduct or whatever. Uh -huh. But this particular type of plastic is called polyethylene or polypropylene, I can't remember. But it's basically painter's plastic, right? Mm. It's the same plastic that uh, Ziploc bags are made out of and so there's like the science trick that if you take a pencil and you like stab the plastic it basically the whole thing is about um showing like sort of the properties of you know this type of um plastic essentially and what mm -hmm. it does is it expands but almost perfectly to the shape mm. so it keeps the water in and it allows you like you would think like look if i stab a bag of water with a pencil it's going to leak immediately mm -hmm. but you can stab it and then it doesn't and it's mm -hmm. really cool so you can do it with a ziploc bag so i was like oh let's go bigger yeah and so we did we made a huge uh -huh. one. I know, no i'm clue. seeing a trend here you always want to go bigger that is exactly it so yes. how did you come across elephant toothpaste and then when did this how did you come across yes. elephant toothpaste yeah so um I, I would have to go back just just a little bit, right? Without going into like <clears throat> when I was born. Um, so like <laughs> like when I started in the science world, I actually started like how YouTube 1.0 started. Actually, my first job was with College Humor. That's how far back I go in YouTube. In fact, my TA um, at school in college, his name was Kurt Hugo Schneider. He had one of 
the first viral videos ever. He was your TA yeah. in college in yeah. Ohio? Where did you, what where'd you go to college? So I went to four different schools because uh-huh. of pro rollerblading stuff, uh-huh. but I ended up doing summer school at Yale, and that's where Dude, Kurt was. He keeps dropping like a hundred <laughs> stories that I have to go down <laughs> now. In one sentence, the pro rollerblader, uh, Kurt Schneider, Yale. and Yale. Yeah, we yes. dropped in one sentence. Yeah, Wait, it's a, Yale has a pro rollerblading team? No. Oh my God, I wish they did. So uh-huh. I actually had retired at this point already. Because there comes a point in college where you start taking organic chemistry, and it's such a hard class that you basically are like, wherever I'm at, I'm just not retaking this. And it is really hard. It's like a super, it's like kind of learning like programming. It's just a different language. Mm. It's like the language is chemistry, and you have to like learn all the ways of organic chemistry. And so I was started. T- I was taking that at Ohio State, the Ohio State University, mm-hmm. and that's eventually where I graduated from. Um, but in that time frame, I wanted to branch out because I didn't necessarily think that being a physician or a dentist or whatever was going to be the best route for me because of this other incident, which is another story, but like a whole different, like a whole different thing. Just give us a little, like, I, yeah. So I snuck into a leadership Academy by, by faking my name for someone else's fraternity. I became this guy named Patrick McArdle in Mexico and then got it paid for, met an entrepreneur and then realized I no longer wanted to be a doctor. Oh, it was like in Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Who, can you tell us about this entrepreneur? He conv- It seems like he either inspired or convinced you that that was. You know what's crazy is I actually don't remember his specific name, but he uh-huh. was he was a he was like in tech, uh-huh. and I remember so like being from the Midwest, it's like very and I, this is a, this is a wide assumption, but it's just because we're not exposed to a ton of different industries, mm. so it's a lot of local economies. Who's the richest guy you know? It's a doctor. Mm. It's a lawyer. It's someone who's like a professional usually. So you don't know like tech wizard person or like entertainment people seem really far away or like Wall Street, right? So like mm-hmm. no one did you know like growing up in Columbus, Ohio, works on Wall Street. So I, in my mind, was always like, oh, like being a doctor is like peak, you know, like that's it. Like you've owned life if you can become a doctor, which mm. is true in many ways. If that's what you want to do, it's very difficult. It's a very mm. admirable, you know, position in life and, mm. and occupation, um, saving people's lives. But it's just not really what was calling me. Right? Just like, say you hate doctors. <laughs> yeah, I love doctors. I, <laughs> I just don't want to be one. Um, You're getting canceled. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally canceled. That's it. Game over. We're sending this straight to the doctors' association. Yeah, we heard hashtag Nick hates doctors. <laughs> he gets injured from a science experiment. No, like, let him, let him die. Let, let you him know, die. we were going to save birds. you until we saw this tweet. Yeah. Oh, is that Nick U.S. serial number four four two two? Oh yeah. Hey, look, look, buddy. The ER is full right now. You, you see him pinching uh, the oxygen tube. <laughs> but the, the the doctor, or sorry, the the um the doctors that I was shadowing were super cool, and we totally understood each other. Um, the environment of the hospital to me felt just very uncreative. It was very much, it's like a place, you know, for this one particular service that's like very technical and like, I liked it, but I just didn't want to do it. And so um, when I was down in Cabo San Lucas at this leadership academy, um, this guy actually, we did these breakout sessions. Why did you want to go to the leadership academy and go through the lengths of faking your name? Yeah, and everything I know, like great that? lengths. So I had already like retired. I already had like one mini career. And I was lining up to basically go to medical school. I'd taken the MCAT. I was like ready to go. So it's kind of like, this is it. You know, once you commit to med school, like you, you take out the loans. Like, so this is kind of it. Right. Mm. And so I wanted to really, really make sure that this was going to be it for me. And so I wanted to branch out and I just felt like way deep down inside somewhere, 
I was like, there's gotta be another job thing that is more like rollerblading, probably creative, but could maybe use all this knowledge that I have about science. Mm. So then like, but that was just my idea, right? Like I, this is like pre, really kind of like pre YouTube. Like wow. YouTube was around, but it wasn't like, there were no like YouTubers. What year was this? This was 2007, eight ish okay. timeframe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2009 is when I graduated college. So I went, uh, I basically did 08 and 09 was at Yale. I did two summers actually. Mm. I did economics one summer and then video production another summer. Mm. Um, so the, the reason though, specifically for this leadership academy though, is because I, I was like, so determined to figure out what that occupation could or would be. And I was way open to all different things. Um, and it just so happened that this tech guy, who I really wish I could remember his name, he was like, I, my company's worth $100 million. And I was just like, <laughs> like I was like, I was like, yeah, I've never heard a doctor There's even that say. that much money in the world? Yeah, yeah like, like literally shocking. Uh-huh. And you're like looking at him in person, like you're not fake, you're, yeah. you're, you yeah, exist. Like, you're a part of the matrix. Like, what is it? I was like, that's wild. His viewpoint was like, I'm about to scam this kid. (laughs) You look thirsty. But don't punish yourself with that big brand hard seltzer garbage. Bless your taste buds with Nectar Hard Seltzer, featuring superior Asian fruit flavors like lychee, yuzu, mandarin, and Asian pear. It only has 90 calories, one gram of carbs, and zero sugar. Wow, no weird aftertaste. Find Nectar in-store or online at NectarHardSeltzer.com. Now back to whatever the hell they're talking about. When did your YouTube channel start? Yeah, so like science is nowhere to be found in this phase, right? This is like three years in New York. This is kind of like my boot camp. So um, I started my YouTube channel actually with rollerblading. So it was uh, me skating with uh, one of my good friends. Uh, his name's Brazil. And we started, uh, it was actually a pilot for the CW. Um, is where it all started in Chicago. And then I kept the YouTube channel going about rollerblading. We had kind of like a, kind of like a lifestyle type show. It's, it was actually, it was like a precursor to a vlog. Like it really mm. was a vlog, but it was like way more like TVS. Cause that's kind of like what I had learned to do. Are so, you yeah. doing like figure skating, rollerblading? Are you doing stairs and all rails? Stunts, and, yeah. Wow. All stunt skating kind of stuff. And like, but at this time, like this would have been like the third wave of me skating. It's so, like, I was like pretty rusty, man. Like I was, I was pretty washed up. Like this point, <laughs> like I would do things, but nothing that was like way, way crazier than what I was doing in my heyday when I was like younger twenties, teens kind of time frame. What is like the craziest rollerblading thing you've ever done? So like I was big in like what's called like transfers, so, like uh-huh. jumping from rail to rail. Oh, wow. And I think the coolest thing, probably the most like deadly thing I ever did is down in San Diego, there's um, a rail that's curved and kinked. And it was on it was on like a third floor. So I did like a curved kinked rail that went down like three stories. You hit the whole rail? The whole rail. Holy The shit. video exists somewhere on the oh, internet. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then the other one is like um, this really, uh, it, it's like I basically jump on the rail. I do a 360 back on the rail and then I transfer to another rail and then transfer to another rail and then I like jump off. Holy like, shit. Yes. I mean, a professional roll, rollerblader, I feel like that term paints a vision, but doing shit like that is yeah, like yeah. superhuman. <laughs> like, so, what were you going to say? Yeah, say yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? 
What did you say to him? Because it's like, we're the black sheep of black sheep scores. We know it. What like, is, what what's is, your favorite Disney Channel movie? Brink Dove. My team manager was in it. <laughs> really? Whoa. Yeah. Richie Velasquez. He was a stunt double in it. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Wait, I don't know what I was going to say. Why are you, why are you no, bullying you were me? implying something about rollerbladers. I wasn't sure. I just wanted clarity. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, what were you saying? First of all, I used to rollerblade. Okay, sorry, right? okay, I was go. never that good, but I know the stigma, and I would never, ever <laughs> put yeah, that on Yeah, there we are. <laughs> what way would you skate? Uh, just rollerblades. And, like, oh, I just did it like, it was just a hobby, you know, and then I got bullied out of it. So. Do you know, like, what gen they were? Like, what, what do you know the name of them by any chance? Like, no, what no were? clue. Okay. Just, like, in, they're in line, like, four, four in line. Yeah. Like, yeah, no clue. They're probably lightnings, if that's, there was, like, a bunch of different generations, but, like, the, uh-huh. the original skates were called lightnings. Okay, this was in, like, 2004. Oh, this is, like, way, oh, those are probably TRSs. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was, like, when they were actually, like, aggressive skates. Nice. Mm. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was always so cool, and then uh, and then I realized that people didn't think so. so like, <laughs> yeah, which is so weird because it was so insular. Like for me, it was so fun, and I was like, oh, everyone thinks we're rad. And yeah. then when I moved to San Diego, I was like, I received so much hate, and I was like, yeah, like from skaters too. It's like, bro, yeah. you're not just cooler than me just because you get girls, okay? Like, like, some eleven year old kid would be like, whack, and you're like, dude, what is happening? I like, beat your ass. Yeah, and you're hitting like a, a fucking three story rail, and they're yeah. like, pussy. Exactly. You're on rollerblades. And I was like, dude, this is so hard. Cause like, what's interesting is like. In like snow sports, like skiing got so adopted so quickly. Yeah, Within, which is like, basically the same. It's same trick, like it's like the same stuff. Amplitude, like it's, yeah. it's like directionally forward. So yeah, it was so weird that like rollerblading. I mean, but there's this iconic moment in history, right, where Arlo Eisenberg goes into the X Games and he starts. Or was it Arlo? May have been. I think it was Arlo. And he's he like he like tells everyone to like piss off, right? And that's sort of the death of rollerblading mm-hmm. because like he was trying to negotiate a better spot in the X Games, and he just ruffled everyone's feathers. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like mainstream wise, you know, TV's still king at this time, and everything just going downhill, man. I was just about to say, like now on TikTok, you see really crazy rollerbladers, either people that are like doing like going down the craziest hills or tracks at full speed through traffic, or they're doing like. Double backflips yeah. out of, of of bowls, yeah. and and it's cool again. It's going viral. People yeah, are it's loving going super it. Super viral. Dude, that's rad. Curious yeah. about um. So I feel like we just you know stumbled over the fact that you slid down a three story rail. Yeah. Did you like fuck up many times? Oh my god, yeah. That's actually what like ended sort of my whole thing. It's like, well, <laughs> I've broken a lot of bones, uh-huh. right? But the thing that ended sort of it didn't like truthfully end me. I don't know if it's like traumatic, like and then it ended, you know, like I like <laughs> knocked myself unconscious for like six days and had to like, you know, survive in the wilderness or anything. It was just that um I was doing this trick, it was a, it was a 360 Royale. So you go 360, you grind on the rail, and then you switch up to LA Topsoul. And I was doing that and I was nailing it pretty good. But it was like kind of like hot and like it just was like really tired. And I got to about 270 and I realized like I hadn't hucked hard enough. And I was like, uh-oh. And so I rail grabbed and I rail burned myself. Mm. And there was so much like you can see how it's all weird and discolored. Like kind of like it's just a different color. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's seriously from that burn. It's all from one fall. And like I was missing so much skin that Ugh. I couldn't move very well. And it was like kind of like fall time. And it was like going into winter. Ochem was starting. And I was like. You know, I need to reevaluate like things. Wow. Like I, so I called up my team manager. His name's Richie, and I was like, "Hey, Richie, I was like, I think I'm just gonna chill for a second. He was like, "Hey, man, no sweat." He was running Camp Woodward West out to Hatchby. Uh-huh. He was like, "Hey, man, whenever you come back, no sweat. Like you can come out to Woodward and like you can reboot whenever, basically." And I'm like, oh, cool. And like, just you never, did. never. Never. Well, it did, but not as like intense. So at a certain point, and I started it in 2009, like the actual channel. So then I, we go all the way to 2013. I'm done with New York. I've concocted this plan to go on a reality TV show. <laughs> Bless you. 
to gain a following mm-hmm. to leverage that for YouTube. Wow. This and explains why you did Big Brother. Okay. Exactly why I did Big Brother. So I had auditioned for other ones and had gotten on them. But Wait, my, time, time, oh, why yeah. a reality show though? You know what I'm saying? You yeah, what that? is the yeah. what was your thinking? So the idea was, and like I had I had thought this through without the <laughs> consent, without like talking to my agent at the time, right? Uh-huh. Of which taking one step back, I started doing hosting at this time frame in New York. I was working on a really like pretty low budge horror film. Mm-hmm. And the guy also did press junkets, which is like where you go and interview the, the celebrities or whatever and like red carpet stuff. And he was like, hey man, like, you know, you feel like very like outgoing, you should try this or whatever. And I like literally was like, he's just telling me this cause there's no pay involved, right? Like for sure, he's just trying to fluff me to come out. Uh-huh. And so every time he's like, oh, you're, you're so good at this, man. I was like, oh, dude, here we go again. But like, <laughs> I was like, but then like, I showed it to some people and they're like, oh no, like this is actually pretty good. Like, uh-huh. dude, like, did you ever do any like hosting or stuff? And I was like, no, no, not at all. And they're like, oh, you should like do this. Like you usually show this to some agents or whatever. Like I only had a commercial agent and then I showed like this reel of me doing like red carpet and stuff like this um, to Abrams, which is like top 10. And I got an agent and I was like, oh man, like, like first try, first try, man. And I was like, I was like, man, this hosting thing, like I should like, I should keep that or, you know, like mm-hmm. that I got a mental log that. And so I didn't really do much outside of that though, because my skills were pretty, pretty bad. I mean, you know, like I, I knew how to do it, but like not really well. I wasn't really trained, I didn't have a ton of experience. So I wanted to go on reality TV, specifically competition, not romantic, because my agent was like, dude, if you get on like Bachelor or whatever, he's like, you're, it's really hard to dig out of that archetype. He's mm. like, but if you go on competition reality, a little bit more about you your personality like people get to know you so is big brother i thought big brother is kind of like a real world meets competition can you explain yeah, the show yeah Walk big brother big brother survivor in a house mm. that's it it's like the same obviously the rules are a little bit different um but like that's you know you're voting each other off you're there's like different metrics to basically different competitions and stuff but like the ultimate goal is to be the last person standing and Tell us about how you did. Holy crap. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> what did you do to like play up your character to make them? So the best you? thing that I always tell people specifically for reality TV is like, it's you, but like 10 X. So it's like, you can't fake who you are, right? Like that. It's like, that's just like, you could never hold that up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like who you are, like all the, you know, it's like, you know, a switcher board, you just do like that, you know, like it's, it's just all of your personality traits, but like way more. So like, if you're like the, I'm the social guy, you're like the most social guy. <laughs> or if you're like, I'm an introvert, then you're like super. Like introvert. I don't talk to anyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like whatever that is. Are they giving you, is the producers being like, yo, play that up. Like we like, like this. Some ways, but not really because mm-hmm. like they're smart enough. They've been doing this forever. So like they can see right through your fake, you know, acting if it's not really who you are. Um, so really like the other thing too is this is like they kind of have like a, a board right so when they do casting they're casting for different types mm. to cause the most friction so they're putting super introverts who do not like city guys the city guy entrepreneur who like is super extroverted like they place them together on purpose so yeah. it's like they already know what they want <laughs> you just fall into that sort of casting mold I feel like that advice about like 10xing your personality goes for like anything camera or entertainment related. Totally, 100%. Yeah, because it's like I've noticed when I first made my first video ever, and I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm like a naturally extroverted guy, lots of energy, and then I watch myself on camera. I'm like, I feel so dull and boring. Yep. So like, I yeah, this is so interesting because people are like, whoa, like tone it down. You know, but I'm like, no, 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 like wait until you see it on camera. And it's yeah. exactly that. Yep. It's like 
because how you feel does not always translate to you know what's actually happening on camera. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting you make it. So how did the show play off? Your, how did you play off the show to expand your career? So this is like a thing that like will probably like never happen again. Maybe it will. I don't know. Wait, Knock on wood. I feel like we need one more Big Brother question before yeah. we move past it. Sure. Why did Why did you get voted off? Like what happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're speeding right past that. We need so to know. okay, like here's the best way I can explain it. This is a reality TV show. That's what, legally speaking, it is a reality TV show. It is not a game show. Jeopardy is a game show. Wheel of Fortune is a game show. Survivor is a reality TV show. So is Big Brother. The one thing I really wasn't like, I guess I didn't understand, but I should have been smarter than this, is like I constantly was treating it like an Olympic sport, right? Where I was like, I was like, oh no, that person, no, they're going, right? And like. <laughs> Like you could kind of hear the producers being like, hey, like I don't know, like I don't know if you wanted that guy. And you're like, no, 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 like it's happening. It was, and it was like, it was like the ref being like, no, 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 like this is happening. But you're like arguing with the ref. Uh-huh. Like eventually, you're gonna get like a yellow yeah, card, yeah, yeah. and then you're gonna get uh, a red card. Okay. And so I feel like I just wasn't like listening enough to the flow of the game. <laughs> like I should have really like, I think I was like way too hard headed because like what I wanted to get done. Like it was happening and then it didn't. It's like it's like the algorithm, like on YouTube. Like you can't mm. fight the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And so I that's my personal opinion. Okay. I mean, there are other things I'm sure I definitely screwed up on. Uh-huh. Um I also don't think like I probably needed if I were to do it all over again, I would have been a wallflower for like the first three weeks. Really? I Even think, while the show's filming. Yeah, okay. but what's it's really hard to know that because what you're watching uh-huh. is one one hundredth of all the activity that's happening. There's so many stories that go and spiral out, go and spiral out. So like, you know, the viewer's like, oh dude, you should have done this. And it's like, dad, you're watching like one little tiny piece of this whole thing. So it's actually way more intense and way more complicated in the game. Um, and like my brain, I feel like is like very active. And so it wants to be all the time doing, thinking, doing, thinking. And so the game was like, I think I probably just did too much. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw like a 15 minute compilation of you uh, uh, on the show talking about, I think girls, like just like all your lines <laughs> about like something girl related. It was funny. I'm not amazing. Lie. I do. There's a lot of super cuts for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but what happened on the show, all right, mm-hmm. this will never, I think this will never happen again. So I got evicted so abruptly. All my crap was all over the house. Like I had like chapstick and a hoodie, like very similar to this, like blue one, like all over the house. Cause then I was so, I was so perturbed actually. I just gathered up my stuff, right? I was so mad and just dipped, right? But there was this showmance. So showmance, people aren't, they don't watch the show or whatever. It's a term for like, kind of like a fake romantic relationship where like maybe someone is into it, but it's really kind of like, you're not totally playing them, but at the same time, you're kind of like doing it for an alliance yeah, yeah, purpose. Yeah. And, you know, maybe other people and even the house know it's not real, but it's, it's for the show basically, right? Mm. So that was happening, but then I think it it felt too real for the other individual. Her name is Gina Marie, mm. um, and she's really sweet, by the way. She's like a really nice person. Like in real life, like she's cool. Um, but uh, what happened when I got evicted was like she collected all my stuff. She made a shrine. <laughs> like she like she like went all in. Uh-huh. Now to her defense, okay, this show is so isolating. Mm that like your memories echo in the house. So like your, like this conversation that we've just had so far would be like, th- you'd be thinking about it for like weeks. Cause there's, there's n- so f- little 
information in flowing in the house that every conversation is so meaningful and so rich with like all this stuff. So like, cause there's no phones, there's no internet. There's no oh TV. Wow. There's nothing. So it's just you talking and trying to win the game. Wait, how long uh, do you have no contact with the outside world? The whole it? time. But how long is the whole time? Like, uh, up to three months. Oh, this shit. was two days, but... <laughs> two weeks? Come <laughs> two on, weeks. man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that happened. And uh-huh. then she basically kept me alive through the whole thing. So wow. I'm on the outside of the house. Primetime CBS is like pumping the storyline of like, what will Gina Marie do for Nick next? And I'm like, oh yeah, this is sick press. And so I started a Kickstarter, uh-huh. right? So I'm like, free press, baby. Like, uh-huh. and like the the contract wasn't as strict for those who got evicted pre-jury. Mm. Um, and so, cause they keep you actually in the house. And so like, I was, I'm out, like I'm out of the house. I'm just living like a normal human. And I'm like my image and my name and everything's on CBS. And mm-hmm. so I'm doing this Kickstarter, pumping that. And like, I'm doing that to start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So that was my seed funding. Mm-hmm. And so we raised about 16,000. And then our idea was initially the YouTube channel was gonna be about going from New York to LA. And we were gonna highlight where all the contestants lived and do an episode in their hometown. It seems like you're very into self-development. Yeah. And you read a lot. Yes. What would you say are your top three books? Oh man. That- so for like, okay. For like every entrepreneur in general that like is like, let's say uh, for different stages of your life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have read this one way earlier. It's called, it's called hell. Hal Elrod's the miracle morning. It sounds like it's religious, but it's not. Have you read this? I know. I haven't okay. read the book though. So what it is, is it basically goes and it outlines like, here's what your morning daily routine should be like. It, it just basically flat out says like, here, it should be like this. Which is? So you do like five things every morning that are like proven to have helped humans throughout time. Okay. So it sounds all hoopla and stuff, but it's not. It's is one just... of them sun your balls? <laughs> That's actually the first one. How'd you know that? Yeah, okay. Wait, wait, we'll it. get into that in a second actually, because <laughs> I'm curious about your opinion on that, but continue with this book. I mean, that actually probably give you like a pretty good bump of vitamin D. Uh. Um, <laughs> no pun intended. Um, vitamin B maybe. Um, but so, uh, so the first thing is in the morning is you recite your goals out loud. Um, hearing your goals in your own voice is like incredibly powerful. It's really weird. Um, it's like your own brain just starts to be like, yeah, this is real. Cause it's like, you're saying it, dude. That's number one. Okay. okay but so how many are you saying? Like, I want to be the best scientist on the internet. I want to, or you're saying yeah. your goals that day. Like I'm going to go do my laundry. Then so I'm gonna... I write mine out like for the year. And then I do like three month intervals to like check in on them to make sure they're still like accurate. Mm. And so I write them out like on a Google uh, sheet and then I have them, you know, uh, Tony Robbins does a really good job at this too. He does a goal setting workshop. I think it's a great place to start. Um, goal setting workshop just really like outlines it for you. Um, it's like thing goals, like go do B goals. Like it's like three quadrants or whatever. And then you pick three. Um, they're on my phone. Yeah, grab them because, because um, in my brain, yeah. it's like if I want a hundred million dollars, it's you're not saying I want a hundred million dollars. That's like saying I want a Lamborghini. I want a, it's probably more yeah. thoughtful. So than that. I actually haven't like memorized at this point, but I can just tell you some of them. Um, it's pretty detailed. One of them is like uh, this year I want to do what's called a house hack. Mm. Um, so I want to buy a four unit with an FHA loan. Um, thank you. Yes. So you go. I want to buy an FHA four unit FHA loan. Yeah, in the morning. <laughs> it won't work for you because you don't know how to say your goals. <laughs> so I keep them all on a. Here, I'm just going to read some of these out loud. That's a great goal, by the way. 
Yeah. So like if, if you're walk us through your miracle morning in real life. Yeah. Okay. So I wake up, right. First thing I do, brush my teeth. Right. Uh, you got to brush your tongue too, by the way, if you guys don't know that, um, (laughs) the science behind that. Uh, so a lot of bacteria like builds up on your tongue, but no one brushes their tongue. They brush their teeth, but like the majority of the bad breath bacteria is like on your tongue. Oh no, I'd be fucking my tongue up. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be be fucking every day, bro. Yep. I use the drill tooth. Yeah. Electric. So then you get a tongue scraper too. Oh, that works really well too. Um, coffee, then I sit down and then I read the goals out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also do, so the other one is affirmations. Mm-hmm. Now affirmations is actually different than goals. So goals are like, I'm going to do these things. Affirmations are things that like, you're not quite that thing yet, but by like saying them over and over and over again, subconsciously, it basically, what it does is like programs you mm. to be like, yeah, I am that thing. So it's like, I am CEO of a hundred million dollar company. No, yeah. Here, here, go through it. So can now you do your goals and then we'll do your affirmations. Yeah. Here, actually I'll pull up some of them. Um, some of these affirmations, like for example, I'm going to go, these, some of these like, don't, um, this is a great one. Um, yes. So I'm a team builder and team leader. My strength comes from my team and empowering their efforts. That's how this machine makes multi-millions. My strength is that I'm a team builder. I have no fear to spend money to grow because I trust the system we have built. I've calculated the numbers to show how it can be done. I have, by the way, and I have the confidence in my numbers and my team members. So like, wow. that's like, that's number 17. Yeah. No, you reading that was necessary. Cause my affirmations was like, I'm going to have a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like, fine. That's fine. Like, no, but now I'm going to be like, I'm disciplined in the gym. I will not eat that <laughs> cheeseburger later today. Number two, for example, is like, I'm limited by absolutely nothing. Ooh. Oh, whoa, chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're hitting this one with some hard ones right now. Number so seven the- is I'm a truly lucky person. Oh, mm. that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. That's, a, that's like an all-encompassing one. Okay, yeah. so you do goals, then you do, read a goal. Read a goal. Uh, yeah, so here, like, the goal is more in the, like, this is, like, in a Google Sheets. And um, this changes, like I said, because I think it's really good on, a, I think, yearly goals. I think we can really do in year chunks, right? Like, we can definitely do, a, like, huge things in, like, decades. It's like, real, like, the world changes too much, right? So, like... You know, it, it's like the way that you get there and like those kind of things. Like, so I think a year is like appropriate. So that's why I always set like the year goals. Um, let's see here. So you do financial, then you do experience, and then you do personal. These are just the ones that I've. This um, is from his book. I'm getting this book. So, yeah, the, so yeah, the Miracle Morning. And this is actually this particular goal thing is something that I've actually devised just because I've done the Tony Robbins one so often. But like in personal, um, and like, there's a date to get it done by. So wow. this was get your blood work done two times a year. And like, I got my blood work done actually today because Ooh. we ran into this weird scenario. <laughs> like, um, I just didn't jive with the doctor. He wanted to get paid in all cash. And I was like, what? this feels weird. I was like, I was like, can do you take debit? And they're like, no. And I was like, I don't carry. Did like, you ask why? Cash. I did, and they were uh-huh. like, we just don't. And so then I was like, we got to go to the UCLA one instead. <laughs> the, the, the guy yeah. drank the blood. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is why I can have no record. <laughs> um, and then there's like create and do. Um, and then so like some of the experience ones are fun. Like we knocked this one off the list. Was um, We went to Dream Racing on February 26th to go race cars around a track. Ooh. Um, like like street cars, like Ferraris or like yeah. race cars? Yeah, like ra- like, yeah, like, well, yeah, like, like, Ferraris. Okay, that cool, cool, cool. There are some though that are actually like not okay. straight legal. Wait, no, I was thinking of um, not not race cars. Like Indy, like uh, F one cars. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. those. Okay, cool. I think you can probably do that somewhere. But yeah. <laughs> I'm waking up every morning. We're gonna go to Australia and find ourselves <laughs> an I'm Australian you, wife. Eventually, though, you will find like somewhere in your day, someone's like, "Yeah, I was thinking about going to Perth," and you're like, <gasps> and then you'll like, Sing. "Well, let's talk about this." So. 
to me, it's like kind of like uh, it's not necessarily something mystical. It's like if you're looking yes. and thinking about an opportunity, yeah. you're gonna see it. Exactly. Okay. Like just there's one a, in one. A bajillion interactions and stimuli and things that happen all day long. Most of it passes through your brain. You just don't do anything with it, right? Or you're just like, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. But if you've got like ten things that you like are always on the top of your mind, you will find those 10 things. Yeah, mm. you, you see the opportunity the for them in everything yes, you do. because it's so mm. fresh every yeah. single day. I feel like it's like psychology that they like kind of market with like mysticism to make it digestible for everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Do you like Joe Dispenza? I don't know who that is. The next one is like, they call it scribing, but like that's like savers, that's what starts it. But it's really, and here's a good way of looking at this. I don't like journaling. Journaling to me feels like it's like, and then today I met someone who was really cool in math class. <laughs> it's like, to me, that just like, it's like never going to do it for me, right? Like, yeah. I don't need that. But what um, Rob Deerdick outlined was that he does a daily energy tracker. And to me, that that is the same thing. Mm -hmm. So every morning I write down what my energy level was, was from the day before and how much sleep I got so that I can track my habits. So it's like, how did I like arrive at peak energy? Well, how did mm. I get there? Well, now I have an Excel or a Google sheet to like literally tell me that. I can go back and look, okay, ooh, 4.7, oh, that's terrible. Like what happened that day? Well, so <laughs> wow. in, in this Google sheet, you have formulas like in place so that it's, you're like inputting data and it's just spitting out a number. So one to 10, uh -huh. 10 was like this best, like the, it's emotional, right? So like 10 was like the best trip I ever took was with my friend, Mike Capetta. Mm -hmm. um, we went to the creator of Egen to go see Blue Lava in Indonesia. Um, it just was like incredible. I was like, I was just like so happy and so excited the whole time. The but lava, the lava is blue? So it's like a sulfur flow that catches on fire and it looks like blue lava. Ooh, like blue fire too, I assume. Yeah. Oh. It doesn't really even nice. sound like those on earth. Yeah, like yeah, just said. Yeah. There's went. so many places on earth that just feel like movie sets. So that was a 10? That was a 10 and like a one is just like the worst day ever. Like whatever that is in your life, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and so then I rank them and like my goal was basically to be above an 8.5 for 30 consecutive days. Mm. And like, yeah. So the days that it's... I mean, like, you're at a four. How did you jack it up to an 8.5? you just do something for yourself? Um, a lot of it was, like, uh, like one was, like, situational. Like, I like really needed to, like, create an environment that was actually, I think, better, like, mentally. Um, also, too, this is probably getting, like, I've actually never said this on a podcast, but that's fine. That's really, really cool. So we, I, we love those. We love, good. love so those. So I listened to another podcast um, that was promoting, actually, not promoting, but, like, the sponsor was um, BetterHelp.com which was like a, it's an online like therapist. I don't like the word therapist because I think therapist also has like insinuates like you have a problem, bro. Mm -hmm. And I, I look at it more like it's a mental health coach because mm. it's like sometimes it's not even about like I'm sad, right? It's just like I'm dealing with a thing and I don't know how to get around it or whatever. Well, like these people literally, they're PhDs, right? So like they understand so much more about how your brain works and your psychology. And so they can explain things that can frame things that can make you go, ah, like yeah, I've experienced I'm yeah. not, you know, the weirdo in the bunch. Ah, maybe this is pretty normal. Or they challenge you to think a certain way of like, hey, like if you make decision A, like you're going to have to deal with B. Are you okay with that? And you're like, I am or like I'm not or whatever because like usually the, the therapist like they don't know you yeah you know so it's like a true third party of you and like and your a decisions. professional opinion yeah, professional. Like, there are very few professionals you can ask questions to 100 percent. yes so yeah um I, I I did that and then um another thing is like I, I basically just like I, I really like I reframed a lot of like what I was doing it became very clear about what I wanted to do um and change things that I could 
and then just dealt with the things that I couldn't. And I think um, that was a game changer. And honestly, those things are usually very difficult. They're usually simple in action, but incredibly I agree. difficult to do. Would you be comfortable sharing one of those things? That, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like one of them was to not be in a relationship anymore. Um, I felt that it got to a point to where it was like both parties probably were becoming mentally unhealthy. Mm. And I felt like that was the best way forward. And it was incredibly difficult. Man, talking to you, I can't imagine you like, being toxic in any form. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> your, your wait, 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 but that trained you well. The way, the way you said that question made him think he was the one toxic one in the relationship. No, I mean, I'm just, no, well, I he mean, worded it like there's problems in both sides, yeah. as there always is, but I'm like, man. And, and sometimes you can like you be, though. you can't do any wrong. Like, you can be toxic for someone else, and uh -huh. you're just you being you. Yeah, I you agree. Know? That's yep. possible. That's basically every time yeah. I've ever been toxic, I'm just, yeah, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. I, am, I am just toxic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even that feels like a lie. I don't trust you. Oh, I saw an interesting video of a girl talking about manifestation and how she was saying like the the idea of like what you attract is if you can match that emotion, not necessarily the yeah. thought, not not necessarily the thought. And so she was like, okay, think about something you want, and then instead of being like, I want that so like it'll be very hard for me to feel the mo emotion of having a hundred million dollars because I only have two thousand dollars. You know. It's just, <laughs> It's really, really hard. So she yes. says, instead, your brain can't tell the difference of a thought versus an emotion. So she was saying, like, if you want $100 million, then afterwards, think about something you're grateful for, like the hair on your head. Yeah. And that will shift those energies match, and then the other thing yeah. comes. What do you think about that? I think that's incredibly true because, honestly, we're as, as, as us humans, right? Like, we are programmed, by the way. Our code, our DNA, is C, T, G, and A, right? Like, it's just that's the, that's the code of our DNA. Mm -hmm. um, and so that program created an animal that is, a, is driven by emotions, right? A chemical thing that happens in your brain that makes you act a certain way. And so you can't ignore that. Like you can't be like, no, I'm not emotional. Like I have to like totally operate like this computer program. That's not true. So like if you can get to a point where the emotions guide you to those actions, then that's a really good way to operate, I would mm. suggest. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you got to work with what you are and you are an emotional creature. So walk us through a visualization though yeah. and maybe give an example of one that seems so far-fetched but how did you get yourself to really feel that? Totally. Um, actually, this is a really interesting one. This is last year. Um, I really wanted a 2022 Toyota Supra. So I went to go test drive one to feel what that would feel like. I went out to Speed Vegas to this track and I drove one. Um, and then by a bunch of micro little things, um, I ended up actually having having enough capital at the end of the year to, to get one. Wow. Um, and so now I have a, a Supra, right? And like, <laughs> I know this is very materialistic and there are no, other things no, that no, weren't, but all. like that visualization, I feel like not only one created the pathway financially to, to do it, to obtain it, but also to actually do it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get to the end of the year and was like, oh, whatever. Like I'll probably, that'll roll over to next year. No, like I... I made it happen. Like that, I did hey, it. We need to go to Colombia, find ourselves a big booty Latina, <laughs> hang around some big booty Latinas. Like, oh. and, you know, I, to that note, in a more wholesome way, uh, I, I pretty much did the same thing. I don't have a visualization or manifestation ritual, but I do like read about it all the time. So I try to like keep my mindset that way. So we had a plan to move to LA. Um, it def and at the, in the beginning it rode on like my fundraising round for my business and it's oh. like how much we could raise and blah blah blah. But then that process is taking so much longer. I'm like, man, I'm pushing this back by months. But like, 
I would literally, I've seen like, I think it was, I might've been the same TikTok, not sure, but I was like, all right, let me try doing this, right? Visualizing, okay, I live in LA, I live in the perfect apartment that I wanted, right? And yeah. everything is good and I'm not financially stressed whatsoever. I'm thinking about that feeling. And also I come to LA all the time to film this already, so I'm bi-coastal, so I know what LA feels like. I'm literally in LA while I'm thinking these things, like in, in honestly, like Airbnbs that are not so far off from where I would be okay living in. And then I, and then it happened. Like we didn't even, we didn't finish the raise, but, uh, you know, it organically came to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, this the nectar had a big part in it, obviously. Well, but. And, and that's, I, that's a great example. That's yeah, perfect. Exactly. That's a perfect example. Well, let me give you the flip side. I wanted a great employee that was on time that really helped <laughs> us, and I'm, I'm going through hell right now. I've been finessed. It's because his mindset is not there. I've been finessed. His mindset is not there. First of all, I, got a, I was earlier I was like, than you for the last like, like three shows. I was like, I got a perfect co-host. He doesn't nag. He gets everything done, and it's the opposite. And I'm like, what's going How on? This happened. Well, I get everything done i just nag what time do you wake up so i, I used to wake up very early so uh -huh. there's i do this thing where it's like summer schedule and then there's winter schedule because uh -huh. you know there's a time change so in the winter i get up like 5 30 in the morning but then in the in the summer i get up like 6 30 because i found that like basically like when the sun goes down we're basically like we're just like done we're done being productive no matter what if you wake up at noon or if you wake up at 6 a.m you're basically like you eat dinner and then you're like you go into like low gear mode. So if you want like hella productive hours, you got to get up way. You got to adjust the timeline. Now the problem though is, is that most social activities happen after 7 p.m. So if you're trying to go to bed at like nine. So like you got to be able to like the the thing of it, the challenge of this is you got to be able to like scale up and scale down. So like I went to this like NFT party in Vegas and like it was like starts at like eight and goes to like four in the morning and I was like. Oh my God, like I know that means that like no one's gonna roll around to like midnight. Mm -hmm. So I trained myself, like stayed up later and then I went back down. So like I got up to like stayed up till two in the morning and then I came back down. You trained yeah. for the uh, one party. I like, literally trained for the party because I was like, dude, I'm gonna be so miserable. It's gonna suck. So like, I imagine if it is it's like bathroom at midnight, like, hey, what's up in the mirror? Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> I said, you gotta be peeking everything, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're literally taking your party attendance Wait, to a science. Yes. <laughs> Tra yes. Training for that means waking up a little later every day until you have energy. Oh, man. That's literally what I did. Yeah. Dude, you are so regimented. It's crazy. So talk about all the things you're working on. Yeah. Just list them off. So, so there's real estate. Yeah. So real estate, uh, the YouTube channel, which is uh, the Science Factory is the name of the production company. And then the big thing is this NFT project. Let's go, tell um, us about so, this. So yeah, so this NFT project is like this. A lot of people, if you look at like NFTs, right, I think there's this sort of like scary, like what is that, I'm not really sure. And then you look at Gary Vee, right, incredibly successful NFT project, people trust in this. Now here's my take on the NFT industry, like NFTs Web3 in general. I think that Web3 is nothing more than a new technology. And the first wave of things that we saw were like NFT PFP, profile picture, 10,000, you know, like unique yep. thing runs. And like, and I think that was like a really good chapter. And I think that chapter is not quite over, but I think it's like, that's just where we started. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be just like YouTube, just like TikTok, just like everything else there will be this incredible niche, nicheification of Web3, smart contracts, NFTs, based on what creators begin to do with this new technology. I don't think that everyone needs to do a 10,000 know, PFP run. I don't think everyone needs to do it quite like that. 
And I think as people begin to become more creative in working in the world of, 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 of NFTs and Web3, I think we're gonna see all sorts of crazy things. So tell us specifically about yes. your project. So as we basically kind of just went through all the history of like where I came up to as like a science person, right? Mm -hmm. 10 years of creating science content with this production company. I was looking at Web3 and I thought to myself, I want to like take in this information and then I want to expand what I'm already working on. And I want to basically not just do web two anymore. I want to do science experiences is really what I've been saying because I have a live show. Like it's the same set of science, like demonstrations I did on America's Got Talent. You guys just experienced mm -hmm. science, right? There's something really unique about that, that like you experience it, you see it. It's like your brain is so curious about what happened. It's like, it's, it's what I want to achieve actually, which is like people really feeling the science experiment, you know, like the smell and the, and the sounds and like the- And like, oh, it's hot. Like, yeah. yeah. And you're all astonished and like mind boggled. Yeah. yeah. So like the idea then with this NFT project is that we wanted to basically create this giant marquee event to get people onboarded for NFTs, which is essentially like mm. you get the NFT, you get access to our big first giant event. Then that same NFT gives you access then to the next event, you know, science event. That may not be, uh, you know, the first one, you know, it's going to be you know, iterations of a bunch of different things of which we want the community to vote on. So it'll be like more of a science collaborative event with the people that are watching, you know, your videos. Like mm -hmm. there could be nothing better than like the, the most like 20,000, 10,000, 1,500 most hyped people mm. for science to come out and like do it with you. Mm. And so that's the idea for this project. And so the marquee event that we're gonna do is we're gonna re-break the Guinness World Record for the world's largest elephant toothpaste experiment. Holy wow. Shit, that's yeah. amazing. Okay, okay. So you didn't say the name of your NFT project. Oh, so it is called Elements. Mm. So with elephants? No, uh, no, no like el elements, like the periodic table. Like oh. the periodic table. Oh, yeah. oh, you said elephant toothpaste. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, elephants. You should make you should make a toothpaste. That should be a product line. We should definitely yeah, like a giant yeah. like yeah, just, So of course like it's science-based. Tell us how you're going to break the world record for elephant toothpaste. Got you. So, yes, that, that is, yes. So, we've done it once before, right? And then it kind of spiraled out into like a bunch of people basically doing this exact, this exact same thing. So, we're going to just multiply what we did with David Dobrik at a minimum, <laughs> at a minimum of 10x. Holy and so, like, to go that big, right, we're going to have to have a venue that's going to be that big. So, think like stadium seating, yeah. right? Like, you're in the SoFi Stadium or something like this or like or like a big giant um, like a stadium in Las Vegas, you know, maybe like we were looking at like rodeo stadiums or like very mm. conical so you could get closer to it. Um, so like that's why we're really, really, really hyped on this because we want as many people to come out, come out to it as possible. Like we don't have a number yet for like what the cutoff is, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, thinking like how many people can you really stick in a stadium safely, you know, yeah. with this experiment. Um, and so that's, that's where we're going. Cause what we noticed is, is like when we did the experiment right before the pandemic, right? Like, geez, like crazy timing. Everybody was like, when we would see them in person, they'd be like, dude, that was so sick. When you do it next time, like literally everyone would say this, call me. Like, I want to be there. I want to do it. I want to see it, whatever. And we were like, oh man, well, this would be really tight. We could actually do that. Like we could, instead of like gatekeeping it, like, oh, it's a YouTube video. We filmed it only we can be there. Mm -hmm. It was like, 
hey, why don't we just like open it up to the people who like watching this? I, I will say for the people out there, that was a super cool experience. Yep. Yeah. yeah every, Especially like with the the suits, like the hazmat looking yeah. suits and everything. Like you really made it feel like the, the temperatures, the smells, yep. the the reaction. Like it's, it's it's just so unique. The way that like I'm looking at this is like. Like when daredevils like jump a bunch of cars, right? Mm. It's like one event, right? And like everyone comes out to it because it's like, you've seen it on TV. Have you ever seen that in person? Yeah. Now, how many times in person have you ever seen a giant elephant toothpaste experiment? I bet you there's probably less than a hundred people yeah. Yeah. in the world. True. And so I'm like, that's pretty unique. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wait, how'd you meet David? Yeah, Delbert? how did you meet him? <laughs> so like I met David on, on Twitter. Someone was like, David said something like looking to go big or something like this. And then someone added me and I'm, I was verified from big brother days. And so you can DM each other. And then David was just like, what you got? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I got a lot of stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Is that literally word for word? Like what he said to you first? Yeah. You know what? Actually, like, I kind of like, I'm going to search for it. Actually. Uh -huh, Give me two yeah. seconds here. Like I'm almost fairly positive. It literally just says what you got. That's hilarious. He probably deals with so, like, like the second he posts something like that, like, so many people respond. Would, would you say that he was the biggest, uh, like, yeah, the biggest? Oh, sorry, sorry. I misquoted. What's the plan? Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Uh, I said, well, first I said, hey, dude, love your videos. <laughs> and then I sent a link for, like, uh, where we would start out. Just, like, I was like, hey, like, here's what I'm thinking. We could do this with the vlog squad. Like, they're super fun. Like, this could elevate science by it being really fun. And that's another thing, too, is, like, I've kind of, I'm now on this mish, right, which is, like, I now, like, slowly over time have, feel like I'm like, in this position where it's, like, hey, like, you know, what, what are you going to do after you have a bajillion followers, you know, and all this stuff? It's, like, what's your, what's your mission? Like, what do you want to do with all that? And what I really want to do is, like, I want to make science more accessible. So I want people, the way that I fell in love with science, I want the, that to happen, but I want to make that, like, very available for people. And so that's another reason why this NFT project is so important to me is because it's, like, I see this as, like, look, if I did Web 2 for the last 10 years, I'm going to do this for the next 10. So one thing that I think is going to be a big hurdle is that at the end of the day, your community probably isn't like NFT people that are sitting on it. They're probably younger, things like that. You're, you're, you're basically dealing with the layman. Yes. You have to coach them to get a MetaMask and figure out how to turn their money into... No. No, you're not dealing with any of that? Nope. So if you're crypto literate, you can. You can connect your wallet. Cool beans, right? And that's great. We are highly encouraging the people that are already crypto literate that have wallets. Great come on board because like they'll understand a lot of the in, the very intricate things that we're doing with the project because we're doing some really cool crypto things. Um, but if you don't know anything about crypto, uh, we have the technology set up that you can just pay with a credit card. Like you can just, mm. you can just do it another way. And you just have the special membership yeah. card essentially. So like, yeah, yeah. And you can just look at it like a ticket that you may or may not know what that ticket does. It just so happens that your ticket allows you to come to the next thing too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like, we hope people have that aha moment uh -huh. as an onboarding process for people to educate them literally about web three. Mm -hmm. We think that'd be like so rad if like someone, like, you know, someone wrote an article, they were like, these people like, like, you know, like unbeknownst to, all the people like onboarded all these people into crypto yeah you know that's kind of what gary v when gary v's uh v friends was dropping i was like following it i was in the discord 
And that was my first time ever joining a Discord for an NFT. I literally made a MetaMask because of him and put Ethereum in it. And yep. then I didn't buy VFriends. Wow. Yeah. So I looked well, at it, I'm like, what it? Ethereum? That's like almost all my Ethereum. I'm not buying that. And Damn. then I later, like, I'm a piece of shit. Wait, wait. Okay, so so you, you meet David. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, dude, it's my biggest L to this day. Wait, so you... Uh, you get thrown into a group chat with David Dobrik, yeah. and you drop the first experiment, and then yeah. how does it progress? The first one was actually, I thought I thought we were toast, because I came over there like not knowing what the vibe was going to be, mm-hmm. and so we were doing liquid nitrogen stuff, and it was like kind of just like not extreme enough, and I just didn't know where, where, where we were going with this. And then we got to this thing where it's called the liquid nitrogen super cloud, and it's like you mix boiling hot water and liquid nitrogen together, but very violently, and so it creates this like really crazy, like very like quick reaction, and... Um, like I had never seen people so stoked and I was like, Oh, sweet. Like (laughs) now we've like kind of cracked that, you know? So I was like, I was like, okay, like this is going to be like stunt rollerblading tap Mm. into like, like let my brain think like, okay, like we know what's like safe to do with the today show. What's like borderline, like not Not safe, but like we could probably get away with. Uh And so we started like eking towards like the, all right, like I'm going to go as big as we can without truly being unsafe. You know what I mean? Like the ping pong balls, ping pong balls. Like everything was just like, just go big. Like yeah. how many, 10 of them, like where <laughs> inside my house. And be like, Oh no, don't do that. And so yeah, like it, it was just like always like on the perimeter. It was like, Oh, like here's the edge. And we were like, uh-huh. oh, 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 oh. it came across That's really like well in the videos. videos. Yeah. Like- it came across really well in the videos and it was just like, yeah, you became, I was like, what's this guy going to do next? This guy's Dude, nuts. Yeah. Do you That's feel tight. like That's the awesome. vlog? squad unnecessarily like overreacts for a reaction or like do you feel like they're always genuine about that? honestly for like how like imagine what you guys experience but, uh-huh. but like 600 times more yeah. and bigger yeah, yeah, and yeah. you didn't know that it was going to happen oh no i shit myself yeah okay so like that was the day uh-huh. that we filmed uh-huh. so like it's all like hella real like it's real because it's like like it, it, it's 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 wild. Like the things that we were doing. At least for every time that I was there, mm-hmm. like it was for real fear, uh-huh. for real screaming. <laughs> like yeah. wait, so then uh, so you did the liquid nitrogen cloud. Um, the elephant toothpaste was with him. Anything we actually else? did two elephant toothpaste. Okay. So the first one we did in a hyperbaric chamber, um, and that's what started this whole controversy about like, is it the world's largest? I had calculated the numbers, and like I was very confident that it was. But then the rebuttal was like, no, it wasn't. And then Mark Rober actually was like, no, it wasn't. And then I was like, fine. Well, then I'll just make it. (laughs) Boxing match time. Yeah. (laughs) And so then ever since that video, like other people have broken it like further, like Manuel DeMundo, this like this channel down in Brazil did it. Um, Just recently, this other gamer guy did it. Like he did one out in the desert. It was like way bigger. It was just like, it was a crazy big. It was like double the one that me and Dobrik did. Wow. Um, Yeah. So it's like other people have done it. You know what I mean? I think the thing about that experiment, though, specifically, is about creating something that is very creative. Like you gotta not just like randomly do it. Like you gotta create elements of it that make it really interactive. Mm. Um, and so I have some really cool ideas for what like we're gonna do with ours. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's gonna be like the mega version <laughs> i cannot wait i yeah. cannot wait they're gonna be able to see it from space uh <laughs> yeah they should be. how much uh, how much did that david dobrik uh, elephant toothpaste cost like yeah the whole so production? i'll get into the financials on that one um 
was really interesting. So just the raw chemicals, right? So like not counting any of the, the materials that we use to actually do the, like, like not like the containers and like the painter's plastic and like the venue obviously was comped because it was yeah. like David. Um, but like just raw hydrogen peroxide and potassium iodide was, um, just under, or actually just over 10,000. You're, you're single currently, right? Currently, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. you know, I'm curious, because one, you are very big on social media, and I understand with that comes a lot of attention, but um, what have you noticed that maybe you get a different type of girl sliding in your DMs, like the the science girl or the smarter girl, or do you get the typical, like, Instagram Dude, I've been models? single for, like, two weeks. Oh, what? <laughs> I, thought, no, no, no. I thought you'd been single for, like... Wait. No, so I'll take it back. I've been single for about a couple months, uh -huh. um, but, like... The way that, because we lived together. How long uh, were you together? Um, we were together almost five years. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was so, two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, wow. like, you know, it was. the wound, it was a, you jerk. Yeah, yeah. damn. I, I need to I'm leave so now. I'm so sorry. Yeah, 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 um, but no, like, um, incredible human, honestly. Just, like, so great. Like, it, it, like honestly, I could never speak only great positive things about this individual. Um, but so sliding in the dms like no dude bro that's I, yeah honestly this might be the first time i've ever actually said that i'm single anywhere on camera really wow we're yeah. gonna break another piece <laughs> yeah so there we go he was like an incredible human but not as incredible as me <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not kidding. incredible enough yeah, yeah. she woke up at 6 30 a.m not 5 45 and then i ran 16 miles <laughs> i ran here actually <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. Like, what is what? Is, you know, you've probably learned a lot from that relationship. Yeah. What is? What are you looking for in the future? So you know what? Right now, I'm actually looking for absolutely nothing. And I don't mean that mm. I don't want to like connect with people like on a really nice level. Um, what I realize is that I'm, I'm kind of like a perpetual person that gets into relationships, right? Mm. Maybe that I wasn't looking for it, but I was like, oh, this works, and this is, and I'm happy. And so, and I think that I didn't spend a lot of time really just kind of being like totally. Hey, what do you know? At, at this like you know level of the video game, what with all the experience that I've collected now, what do I think about X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, and five? Like I'm like well, I don't know. Like I need to reevaluate a lot of that because there you know this is a new chapter, right? Mm. And so you know, and then as you evolve as a human, like your wants and he's all these things change and so like it's like i'm at now a different chapter so before i go on to the next one i want to hella make sure that all those things are kind of buttoned up and look you're, you're allowed to change over your time of your life right you're totally allowed to do that and you should actually but some of the core pillars i just want to go back in and recheck and be like ah uh, let me just like kind of like recheck about this one and then yeah so five years is a good amount of time what was like what do you think the biggest thing you learned about yourself is in that five years Man, um, that's a really good one. Um, I grew so much with my with my partner um, <laughs> during that time frame. Um, gosh, wow! He's like, uh, I used to be five one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grew like a whole foot, dude. That's what, um, you know, actually, this is something really interesting that I learned actually um, about myself is that growing up in the Midwest, I was in like. You grew up like very frugal, you know what I mean? Like, cause everyone's kind of like middle class, which is great, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. So you have a good balance or whatever. Um, but I realized that, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, is that you gotta kind of change your, sort of your brain a little bit about like spending to receive. And I became, I think during this time frame, I became way, way, way more time 
conservative, then I became money conservative. It was like, oh, this is going to take, you know, you're going to spend a hundred bucks, but you're going to gain 10 hours. Oh my God. Like no question about it. I'm going to do that thing. That's very cheap for 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is. Whatever that thing <laughs> it's an is. an example, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm taking that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that thing is. Um, but yeah, like it became way more time economy focused. Um, and I think, and that is something that I, I definitely learned, uh, during that relationship. Being a scientist, right? Is there anything that like, let's say our teenage viewers watching, is there anything they can do to ensure they grow taller? Um, you know, yeah, if I, if actually, I had known, I would have been actually, doing that. Actually, yes. Yeah. Um, so like, there is? Yeah. <laughs> like my mom was always trying to get me to jump rope, and my brother did it every day, by the way, and I didn't, and he's two inches taller than I am. So I don't know about that, honestly. Like, I don't know about, like, any, like, specifically, like, physical activity, um, but nutrition is super-duper key during, like, males' growth spurts. Um, and so, like, you should be really focused on proper nutrition, like, really young. Like, like, if you were focused super on proper nutrition from like 12 to 18, like through your growth spurts, you weren't eating like taffy and like drinking soda and like, you know, this, you could, you could really capitalize on that. I also, I totally agree with that. Cause I was the pickiest eater growing up. Yeah. Um, I also use my brother as an example cause we're the same genetics. He's taller than me and he was not picky. He was fat. Like he was eating everything. And my mom's very big on health, like whole foods, yeah. like, you know, not eating out or anything. And yeah. And exercise too. So, I mean, like, honestly, like that, those are the two things right? those, mm -hmm. those go hand in hand, but like exercise during those key timeframes too, like sets the tone for like basically how you're going to be like pretty much the rest of your life. So mm -hmm. like, I think it's really important that people are like very focused on health and nutrition. I mean, I yeah. I feel like wrestling stunts your growth. All the wrestlers it, it, are like for weird sure. shit. You're just like grinding each other. I actually may have been six foot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally agree with the wrestling thing too. Yeah, because you're just like grinding your body into <laughs> yeah. the ground. It's also a lot of, of like this. Like, yeah. You know, like you're hunched over. Like you're like. Yeah, now, they're, they're all shaped weird. In the de in defense though of wrestling though, the skills that you learn um, just self-defense wise um, and the confidence that you get from that, but also the discipline. Dude, if you cannot drink water, okay, mm. and not eat. Oh, my God. You can do anything. It's probably why you're short, too. You're like, I that's another, I think that's I also another reason. Like, you're malnourishing yourself, especially in high school, like you said, what, 12 yeah. to 18, right? That's exactly the time frame. 100%. But, uh, but yeah. Could have been taller. Could have been baller. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At times, you literally <laughs> spit out your own saliva to not swallow it. That's so like, that's, I feel like those are all old wives' tales, too. They were just telling you some crazy shit. But it's just like, shit. bro, when your coach is like mean to you and he's yelling at you and you're like, oh, I got to make two more pounds and there's no more bodily fluids I can excrete besides my saliva. You just got to kind of show them, like, I'm in this. You know what I mean? I'm in this to win this. I will do whatever. Everything. You can't even cry. There's no tears. <laughs> have you traveled a lot? I have, actually, quite a bit. So a really cool, interesting, fun fact is uh -huh. that um, because my parents were teachers, uh -huh. we would travel, bless you, um, we would travel on in the summers. Uh -huh. So like when I was really young, I went to like Eastern Europe and did like a whole month or like a couple, like, yeah, like, like six weeks. Um, but the fun fact is that when I was uh, 18 years old, I took a trip with my dad where we started in Ohio and then we ended in Ohio. So when we went completely around the world. And so, oh, yeah. For around the world. The oh, world. Wow. yeah. I, was, I like, was thinking like, oh, yeah, American road trip. Cool. And he's <laughs> yeah. in the world. He's like, you're like, I started in Ohio. And then that, you know, it was Ohio. Yeah, we stayed in Ohio. <laughs> we went to Wendy's and then Burger yeah. King. Dude, it was so lit. Um, no, so like, uh, yeah, we circumnavigated the globe like in a summer. And so I got to see like the major, major like 
city hubs, you know, and like okay. I got a really good experience about. You're the perfect person to ask them. What are yeah. your three most craziest places you've been for nature, like natural? Oh, for nature. Yeah. So it's changed a lot since I've been, I'm sure, but Thailand ranks. I, I think that's kind of like everyone probably yeah. says that. Um, Australia, just for like variety. Oh. Um, and then I actually, though, I haven't been to South America, so I'm sh there's a ton of missing down there for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but Switzerland, I always go back to Switzerland because I think the geography is just so dramatic with the Swiss Alps. Um, and there's like not a huge population. And so it's like, it's very pristine. Mm. I've been to Iceland too. And that's been, that was kind of crazy. Iceland is actually the warm one, right? Like the one that has all the seasons. Yeah. Cause yeah. like Greenland is yeah, yeah. like, yeah, the, the one that's under the name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What place had the most trash food? Like terrible food? Terrible food. Um, oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I'm trying to think. If... <laughs> I was just going to say like, I don't really know, like, um, that like food that I didn't jive with. I, I, I don't, I think, I think maybe American cuisine is actually just like the least developed as we stand right now. You mean like no, burgers and like it's stuff just like, like that? Yeah. We're not really necessarily, they were known for like barbecue ribs uh -huh. and like, you know, a couple things like that, but like burgers and pizza, but like, you know, it's just, it's like very different than like when you get like sushi in Japan, yeah. you know, or like, or whatever. It's and there's like, such a culture, like deep culture yeah, behind the food. And so like, there's no food anywhere that I, that I disliked. Uh -huh. um, I would just say like the Americanized version of it is, I would say is like very, not watered down, but it's like, it's kind of like bumper bowling. You know what mm. I mean? Like it's designed to be liked. So whether it's like a pro or a con, it's just the authentic version is usually very different. So this is more just of my personal interest. I went to a high school, one of three in the entire nation that had a glass blowing studio. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, so I thought I was going to go to art school. Nice. And what are you doing with glass blowing? Right yeah, now? man. So, so I host a Netflix show that's all a competition-based uh, reality show about glass blowing. Now, what's so interesting about that is I'm not a glass blower. I did not blow glass ever actually mm, poser I, <laughs> yeah. I am 100% a glass blowing poser yeah. um so here's He's like it's really hot <laughs> and it's glass it's melting because it's at this degrees yeah so it turns out that it's really hot um and that's why it's the way it is um yeah no the reason that they specifically wanted to cast me for the host on this is they wanted a contrast between the co-host which is Catherine Gray who's the specialist mm. so they wanted the way the casting was and they, they described it to me is they wanted someone who had a background in reality tv mm. okay and who so understood it from like both sides of the contestant and host um but that can bring it a unique angle which was they wanted science but then had hosted other things both stand-up and in this like world of sort of like not reality TV as far as like Big Brother, but like had like um, the docu reality series stuff. And so they were like, wow, you literally have checked all those boxes. <laughs> I and was so, about to say, there's literally no one else that yeah. to get that's you. That's too perfect of a resume yeah. for yeah. that. Like, and I was like, oh, well, great. And so, um, yeah, it, that experience, by the way, has been awesome because it's exposed me to the uh, glass world. Yes. I now kind of just randomly have this all access pass to like glass universe. And so like I can just go to Pilchuck or the Corning Museum of Glass and it's like kind of, a, it's kind of wild because I'm so underqualified. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like so happy and enthralled that like the glass community has been so open mm -hmm. and been super duper cool to have me like experience, get glass art with them. Have it, you been it, to Murano Island? I have not, but I should. Yeah. I actually haven't been, I haven't done a lot of European traveling since the show because of COVID. Have you tried drugs? So like, like I, <laughs> <laughs> he, 
<laughs> he, that was I, such a shy question, like asking your teacher if they I'm smoke just, weed. Yeah, well, I'm just curious. I, so, like, like, early, early on when I was, like, really, like, young, I decided that, like, I did not want to, like, really go down that route. And the reason was because I really wanted to explore, like, what my life would be just totally without. And I realized that if I like went into that realm. Like if I became that person who was like, I'm gonna experiment and do all this stuff or whatever, then that's like what my identity would be. So I wanted my identity to be someone who didn't, right? Mm. And like over time, I just like, I've never, I I just don't regret that. I just don't. Do you know who Michael Pollan is? Uh, No. He's like a famous anthropologist. He wrote this uh, really popular book. It was called The Omnivore's Dilemma. And he talks about how organic food is not actually organic food in America. breaks it all down. And then more recently, at like 50 years old, he wrote this book uh, about psychedelics. And it's something that I would give to my parents who are super religious. And and, uh, he basically, first he breaks down the history of why mushrooms and LSD and all that was like crushed by the government. But then he also tries everything for the first time at his age and goes down that path and all this rediscovery and then he uh, and then he pulls back the the lid of how they're using it to cure all kinds of crazy like disease like mental health therapy things like that so i think i i mean honestly yes there there probably are right and this is gonna get like weird into like politics and stuff but like and so i'm not trying to go down that route but like (laughs) within the science world there probably are things that through whatever rules and laws and stuff that there probably is some benefit there but through either protocol or whatever it is like you know you're not allowed to study them Mm -hmm. right you're not allowed to based off of like where we are the way that the laws are written right now um so there very well could be in the future um we find out we discover that there Mm. is you know, some benefit to whatever thing that was banned or, but at the same time, we're probably also going to find out that it's also really bad for you. Um, (laughs) And so like, I don't think there's any like miracle thing out there where it's like, oh yeah, like we just were holding ourselves back and when we have this and like, everything's great. Like it's probably going to be more like, oh yeah, we should probably use it in this one medical case. And like, if you, you know, you probably should not be doing this, you know, for funsies on the weekend at Coachella. (laughs) Um, But like, at the same time, like, I I think that's probably where we're going to evolve into. Yeah. It's more exploration in that realm. And I think they're super useful as tools. That's all I'd say. Absolutely. Give our audience one piece of advice. Um, If you feel like it's right, you should definitely pursue it, regardless if everyone around you thinks that it's wrong or you don't know or don't have any information about it, if you really think that that is a direction that you should go, you should definitely explore it. Except for making crystal meth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but like, well, unless actually it's for in the lab, like for the police dogs and it's for good, you know what I mean? Or unless you have cancer and uh, you're going to die anyways and you got to take care of your family. <laughs> Damn, that was dark. Uh, you never watched Breaking oh, Bad? Yeah, yeah, no, I got it when you oh, said the fucking... family thing. Um, uh, and promote what you, what you want to yes. promote. Yes, okay, so... I just want everybody to go to elements, spelled E-L-E-M-I-N-T-S dot X-Y-Z. Elements dot X-Y-Z, mint as in like you're minting an NFT. I truly believe that we are now graduating from web 3.0, 1.0 to 2.0. And I know that was a lot of, that was confusing. Yeah. So I feel like we're graduating from the first 
part of Web3 into another part of it where it's going to nicheify. Mm -hmm. And I am putting the flag down. I am like, I am the science guy in Web3. I want to develop that. It's going to be a lot of trial and error, but like I'm yep. putting my whole everything into it. And so I want people to come out for this world record. I want people to experience it. I want to get as many people as possible onto this um, because I truly believe that this is going to be the next evolution in science communication, but also a science experience. I'm Nick Juhas, and I'm not under the influence. Wow, you really got all the way to the end. I really like that you did that. But since you're here, might as well like and subscribe and leave a comment on who's got the nicer hair. We're also giving away $50 every week to the funniest review of our podcast. All you got to do is leave a review that'll make us giggle, screenshot it, and then text the number on the screen, and you're automatically entered for a chance to win. Also, that's a real number, so you can just text us when you're lonely, you need a date to prom, or if you're looking for hot single moms in your area, text us. I'm Utak. I'm Jeremy. And, and we're, we're under the influence. Ahaha. Uh -huh.